Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. We're almost going to have to bring back. Who remembers? No, he is the wrong one, but it's all good. It's okay. Nice try though. Really excited to be here. We've been away the last, um, since Friday morning, we left earlier Friday morning as an eldership team, and uh, just so grateful to, as, as many of you know, and maybe you don't know, the eldership team is made up of, of three couples who are full-time, and there are four couples on the eldership team who aren't full-time, they're in the marketplace, they're working for bosses, some of them are their own boss, but they take time out to, to, to pray for, to envision, to take time out to work on, and to bring to the leadership of this church. And so they took Friday off, took time away from their kids, got kids babysat, put with homes. Thank you to the people who look after our children. Those guys are the heroes of the church, <laughs> especially mine. And, um, and, uh, and we went away, and it's times together, it's times envisioning, times of dreaming, times of asking God, what is it that you're calling us to? What are you calling us to? How are you calling us to shepherd this community? Talking about the community, and hours and hours. I think the Friday afternoon session was for two hours to... Two o'clock to six o'clock, we didn't move. We're in the upper room of a, of, a, of a place a friend lent us to go stay. It's a really amazing, and then meals and times together. It's a real privilege. I just want to thank especially the marketplace guys and girls take their leave to serve this community. And I think that's a real treasure. There was a tragic moment, though. I mean, as the enemy attacked, you know what the enemy attacked? Gabe's pinky finger. I mean, I wish I had a photo. It was devastating. He walked around the whole of Friday like this, <laughs> as he had massacred the end of his pinky finger and virus set in, and it was throbbing. I don't know if you've seen the end of a pinky finger that's been massacred, but Gabe walked around feeling very sorry for himself with his finger in the air. So I would ask that you would pray for Gabe's pinky <laughs> today. It is tragic, and I ask that you pray with even more for Fiona, his wife. Um, <laughs> Because she is heavily pregnant, and he's worried about his pinky. I don't know. We've got to wonder sometimes. It was a good opportunity to fashion and shape and see God come into what, what we're doing. If you're a visitor today, it is so wonderful that you're here. But I want to share, as I did last week, that we're going to share this week. It's a little bit of a family moment, a family day, and I'm so grateful that you are here. I had a big family with three older sisters who were very loud. So I think at first my parents started out, and we would have family moments, kind of we try to create quiet moments but eventually it was done, and, and whoever was there, they were in the family moment. Uh, uh, my sister brought her boyfriend on holiday with us once, who's now her husband of 20 years. But that was the holiday my dad and my youngest sister, who was 16 at the time, decided to have the biggest fight in the world ever. And my brother-in-law got to witness what he was getting into. At the, he got the real honest guts of it. And you're getting the real honest guts. It is family business, but it's not secret business. We're a family on a mission. We're a family at a city on the hill. We're a family that's on the move, and God is calling us to be on the move. And yes, last week we kicked off sowing in summer, and maybe you wondered why they have ice creams on stage. We're not sure. They're just there. And someone said they look cool. Actually, it was Tyler. Wave, Tyler. His ice creams. His ice creams and his pineapples. And, um, and, but today we're really excited, and and just a couple of things right up front, that it is family business, and we are kicking off a season of sowing for a future, and we are talking about this thing called money. So everyone go, just take a big, big breath. 
It's good. It's good. It's good. We, we hardly ever speak about money. And yet, in some ways, it's a challenge because the Bible speaks a whole lot about money. And, um, and God calls us to, to call us into God's stories, His stories. And so we're going to chat. And today, what we said we were going to do is we're going to talk about how we spend the money so that you know how we spend the money. Would that be helpful? I was sitting trying to work out. I, I used to be a machine with like bar graphs and pie charts when I was back in the core. I was an Excel super user 10 years ago. And I was literally sitting looking at my Apple Mac the other day going, how do you do this again? <laughs> Had to phone Sharon and go sit with Sharon to try to work out. How do we do this again? And, um, but, but we were really excited. I was going to start out with the why. But I'm going to finish with the why, if that's all right. And so, and, 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 and we're going to show you, it's like, you know the Jerry Maguire scene, if you weren't around in 1996, you, you won't remember who Jerry Maguire is, but it was a, one of Tom Cruise's better act roles. But there was a scene that's, show me the money, and his clients are, show me the money. We want to show you how we spend the money today. Is that all right? So we're going to pop up um, a couple of images, a couple of things before we put up images from our side, is we haven't done this before, I haven't done this before. And I personally haven't seen this done live before. I've watched some guys. I've been inspired. But this has been a dream of ours to do it for quite a while. Because actually there are no secrets. There's no hidden agendas. There's no anything. And I think if we are partners, we use the language partners. On Wednesday night there were 80 people who came here and said we are interested and we are looking into being partners in the life of this church. I think when the first thing you do when you get into a partnership with someone is you understand something of how the money gets spent, how it gets allocated. And I think something of what we want to talk about is, well, well, how how do we partner in the story? Do we just give and you guys just spend and it's kind of this awkward elephant in the room we never really speak about? We want to make sure that we can partner with integrity. And, um, and, and the thing is that we, we, we partner in every area. The intent of the money given to a church story, I trust. I can't speak for every pastor and I can't speak for every movement, but I trust that the intent is for kingdom advancing mission. That we are a family, but the money sowed is not for our family to make sure that we can go on holidays. We are the only organization in the world that doesn't exist for ourselves. Can you say that? We don't exist for ourselves because we don't because jesus said what i'm going to do i'm going to break into this world and reveal my glory and my goodness i'm going to call a group of people together who are broken and bruised and all their stories and some from wealthy homes and some from poor homes and some from all sorts of backgrounds i'm going to bring them together i'm going to call them my bride and their name on the world will be called the church and they will advance my mission and my story and they don't exist for themselves they are my hands and feet calling out to a broken world. We don't exist for ourselves. And so we have this mandate that our finances should be engaged in that mission too. I really believe it. And so we have these parameters, and we would call them our vision lenses. And we have spoken about them before, but I trust that you know. I want to remind us, and these are a couple of them. The first one is a passion for God. Without that, we got nothing. We, if we don't have that one, we stop. We are passionate about God. We are passionate. And we can sing the name of Jesus 17 times and sing the same chorus over 60 times because that name brings life. That name brings his power. That name changes everything. That name in the midst of fees must fall and all sorts of instability in a nation. That name secures my soul. That name. And I'm passionate about that name. I'm passionate about that king's mission. 
And then he calls us, says, well, if you're passionate about my mission, will you get on with reaching the ones I want to reach, the, who, those who haven't been reached? And they look like those who've never heard in the, mulch, in the ends of the earth. They look like those who have run away. They look like the duns. I'm done with that. I've been to church. I'm done with that. They look like all of them. They look like bouncers at the bars of our city. They look like drug dealers on the streets. They look like housewives and business people with their nice suits and masks. We think all is good. They look like that. And our mission and our engagement is to reach the unreached. And then he calls us to make disciples. And don't just reach them. What are you going to do with them? Our journey is to become like Jesus. So we take in the church stories to take people on journeys where they can become like Jesus. And I'm still on that journey. And you still are on that journey. And the, the very last second before I pass away and go spend eternity with him, should he not come back before that happens, that very last second, I'm still becoming like Jesus. I'm still on a discipleship journey to be like him. And the last one is we believe that we are placed in this world not to just be a mouthpiece, but we are also hands and feet. And we've put it on the agenda and we've said, actually part of the church is to be the solution. To be part of the solution, yes, in prayer, but also in action, in social justice, to see justice come to the world. Honestly, with fees must fall is a big thing for our nation. If we aren't first on our knees, we're missing what our job is right now. Our job is not social commentary on social media. Our job is to pray. Our job is to declare. Our job is to speak life into our nation. Our job is to keep calling people to the one whose hope there is. Our job is to speak to young people who are looking at education opportunities going, what am I going to look for? How can I hope? Where is my future? Your future, young person, is in Jesus. Let me show you Jesus. To bring life and courage to a world where people are lacking courage and they're having to top up with pills for life. Let's be honest. And all sorts of other things, fancy cars and bigger homes. and That's our grid. So you want to know the parameters, the grid, what's your boundaries? That's it. That's what we spend the money on. Oh, you guys are right. Everyone's like a little bit. Yes? And um, just some important things for you are that, that, that we take the handling and the stewarding of every cent very seriously. You just need to talk to some of the guys in the church who do work for us. Signs and paint jobs and business. We, we, we get quotes, multiple quotes. We, we work hard to make sure that every cent that is given is stewarded to the nth degree. We have accountability structures. We have internal accountability structures, eldership teams. And then within the church as well, men and women who aren't in eldership. And actually, I'd love to point them out if that's okay. Malcolm Herbert over there who preached a couple of weeks ago. Give us a wave, Mel. <laughs> and Sharon Hickman, where are you, Sharon, at the back there? Sharon's our accountant. And I'm pointing out because I want you to know that there are real people, real faces, and real names accountable within the story that, we, that know about the details of every detail of these things that can ask. And outside of our story, there are men like Rory Dyer, Nick Hardy, um, Craig Clark, who we send financials to, and I have personally sent, and I sent details. Now, last year, I went and sat with Rory for a whole afternoon to work through, and he can ask questions, any question, on how and why we spend the money in certain areas. Why? Because it's very, very important that we are good stewards. And there's a, a couple of things that... that that the that most important asset is people in any gospel story. It's people. We want to be investing in people and stewardship of these things. I want to read a scripture from 2 Corinthians 8. 
And the apostles writing, he says, We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift. For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. Not only what's right in the eyes of the Lord, but also our laws and in the eyes of men that we are investing and we are stewarding the finances well with faith and courage. I honestly believe that there will be an account that us as elders and, and myself as a, as a leader within this team will be held to account to every cent. Every cent that God provides into this story. The challenge is that, that if we don't talk about money because it gets awkward and we, we don't even talk about it with our friends. Some, some marriages, I sit down in marriages and marriages, they've never spoken about money either for years. Why? Jesus spoke about it a whole lot. 500 verses on prayer, 500 verses on faith, 2,000 verses on money and possessions. 16 of the 38 parables to do with money and possessions. We need to be teaching how we want to pass a generational blessing down. We'll teach the generations the values and the importance and the role that money plays. I've got to teach my kids. When he doesn't look after his bicycle and he leaves it in the rain, it's not about a bicycle, it's about a heart that can quickly land in presumption, assumption, and, and privilege. It's my job to teach him. So we're going to show some slides. It's a little bit like a business meeting, but it's all good. We're going to make it not. Is that right? And, and we're family. So let's not make this awkward. Can we have slide number one there, please? I, want to, I call this slide a generous church in an expensive world. <laughs> This is the last three and a half years of income and expenses in the Life Changer story. And um, first thing I want to say is thank you. Thank you because we've had an increasing financial story. Those are, uh, 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 you might wonder why we're we not putting rands and cents. Understand this, within this room there are men and women who earn a lot of money and there are men and women who earn a little money. And referencing, referencing those things is very different. And so we're putting and we're representing the growth. So those numbers on the top left in um, growth on the year before income, 0.4% on previous year income, 20% in 2014, 11.7% in 2015, and this year to date. So this one on the right, we haven't fallen off the bus. That's just because I don't want to project something that I don't know. It's the year to date, but the, blue, the white line is where we were last year. So I want to say thank you. I think it's amazing. And it's incredible, and it's wonderful because God has added life, and, and we've seen baptism, we've seen life, but if it doesn't translate, I honestly believe part of my fully surrendered, part of my full immersion into Jesus is my time, talents, and my treasures goes in. And if a community is growing and there's not a growth in the ability to invest and sow, something is wrong. And I'm so grateful to God that it, it, there is life in this area, and I'm so grateful to God that, that we're able to do some of the things that I'm going to be able to tell you that we are doing, because maybe you don't know. So I want to say thank you, and then I also want to say it's an expensive world that we live in, and expensive for a number of things. One, things are expensive, and, and the areas in which we've grown our spending, one of them is hospitality. Last year, we hosted 150 people for six weeks for Alpha, and you know what? I'll do it all again if one person got saved. I do it all again if one person said, my heart is open to Jesus. I do it all again. Because it costs a lot of money. You know, and I know, I've got three kids. So put that apple down. 
You'll finish that thing later. It's real. The struggle is real. But we are here and we're saying, actually, thank you, God, in the midst of all sorts of challenges. Plus, there's another thing. It's come with vision. You have seen, we have spent on the building, we have spent in areas like sowing. Into, uh, very few of our events pay for themselves. And I'm totally cool with that, especially if the target and the reason for the event is see the lost come to know Jesus. Those who haven't been reached. I'm very cool that we pay for that. I think we should be. I think we should be wanting to invest and to sow in some of those areas. So a couple of things I want to make sure I don't want. A growth costs. Here's the truth. More people means more buttocks, means more toilet paper. It's just a very simple analogy just to put it out there. It's very real, very honest. And, um, and, it's, it's, and for the gents, we never used to have P-mats that smelt so nice. We just didn't. But they don't, not free. And, and uh, it's, it's, here's the challenge. is also we have a vision. We have a dream. We're saying God's taking us on a mission. You know what? Vision costs. Some of you look at your home and you're dreaming visions. And then it's like, ah, oh, expensive. Just walk inside. Stop looking at it. You know and I know. That's the reality. We have a vision. God's called us to a story to count. And so vision costs money. But it's super encouraging that there's been growth in, 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 and why I want to put up the next slide. If you just pop up the next slide, I want to just show that these are the last three and a half years of how we spent the money. So that's what the slide is. It's not income. It's how we've spent the money. And you were seen from the previous slide that we're not into building big reserves and banks forever and ever. God gives us, and we believe God gives us our daily bread. Gives us our daily bread. He provides our daily bread. That's what the Bible says, so we must trust Him for that. Here we have, and I'm, putting, I'm going to put up a simplified one that would summarize the last 18 months. I purely want to say that I'm presenting this now, not because, oh, Mark's presenting this now because there was some funny business in 2014. No, it's pretty consistent. It's pretty much the same, and we're pretty much on the same journey. Can I have the next slide, please? Which is a summary of, of the last 18 months, how we've spent the money. And I'm going to break each of these down. But these are not income statement terms. But each of them has a reality. Each of them has a reason. And I trust each of these reasons. We, you can question and say, why that? And I can point to the vision of the church. And I can point to where we're going. And the story that God has for us. Is everyone okay? Anyone forgot to breathe the last three minutes? You okay? So the first area I'd like to look at. And so we've broken down and you won't see like line items, you're going to see categories. The first one is ministries and special events, which is the top, as the two blue ones at the top, it's the one on the right, and for the last six, 18 months, is 6%. Maybe you're saying, I'm concerned by that. Well, let me explain, let me take on the journey, what's involved in here. First of all, ministries, there are none salaries, no salaries for ministries are involved in here. So Tyler, who leads the youth and is involved in ministration, his salary's not in here. Shay, who oversees and does the administration with Life Kids, her salary's not in here. This is purely what we spend in some of those ministries, those two ministries, Life Kids for our kids and, and, and um, youth. And the second what's in here is also our special events. We, last year, I said to you, we hosted 150 people for 10 weeks. This year, Alpha was 70, 80? 70, 80 people for longer. It was a week or two longer with dinner, with printed materials, with all these things. I couldn't be more joyful. Honestly, the target of an Alpha program is to see those who are far from God come to know Him. 
That should be a great delight in us to share. It's, it's, and, and part of this is also providing and, 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 and all our special events, even things where we celebrate our serving teams and brought people in, some of the, the factors of costs within that. Now, I want to pop up the next slide just so you're aware um, that, that the good thing is that even though it's only 6% of our spend, in the last three years we have doubled and more than doubled our spend in this area, which I'm so grateful to God for. And I'm saying, God, we want to double it in the next year. Because I'm telling you, church, kids, you want to serve a community? You want to serve a world, love their kids, that they are struggling to love because they're working long, long hours. Because our area has 60 to 65% single-parent homes. And they're looking for safe spaces where their kids can be loved, where their kids can be partnered. And they can partner with a community where there is life and health and fathers and mothers who can come alongside and support them. So whether you have kids or you're not, or you're past the kid's age, or you're not there yet, and it's not in your frame of reference, you want to serve a community well, love their children well. Love them well. And that costs money. I know, because I've got three. And um, some of these areas are, are, are big. I just want to make one or two more statements that, that the reality is we need to invest in these areas wisely, so none of, what I'm, none of what you're saying is what the building costs. They're not capital costs. These are purely ministry costs. So, so printing material. My kid comes home last week with Jonah and the whale on it. Who, whose kid's got a peg with Jonah and the whale on and the mouth opened and Jonah popped it? Did you see that? They made them. <laughs> no one, eh? No, your kid. Our kids. We got, our, you were mine. And... and but then my kid, for the next five days, is talking about Jonah in the well. And then someone is talking to me in a conversation that they feel like Jonah in the well. And my kid pops up, I know about that story. He's five. Yes, he knows the Bible. Generations. See, Craig made an amazing statement last week in, in, when he was talking. He said, actually, many of us are just thinking of our next three meals when the Bible calls us to think three generations. The Bible and the gospel story and the big meta-narrative of the gospel says, will you think beyond yourself? Will you think beyond the next generation, just your kids? It's easy to sacrifice for your children. I'm going to give to life kids, and I want to invest and sow in summer because of my kids can have a better experience and will want to go to church so I can get time out for my kids. Not a good reason, sir. Think of your children's children and think of their children because I tell you who are the Muslims. Come from Durban. Every school, every environment, and, and I'm not slamming them, I'm just telling you, our job, we believers, we believe in the love of Jesus, we believe He's the only way to heaven. We are so grateful that in this community there are people who have, been, who have chosen Jesus, who He has revealed Himself to, who were previously Muslim, but I'm telling you, if the church doesn't start thinking beyond themselves, their generation, and their priorities, the gospel is not burning. So I am passionate. Is that all right? Can we go back to slide number six, please? I think it is. Or, or the, the big slide. Yes, that one. So the next area I'd love to speak about, we call this one keeping the lights on. Because here's the amazing thing. ESCOM don't give us electricity for free. I cannot believe it. And here's the next amazing thing. Those things called air conditioners don't fuel on fossil fuels. They just don't. It's incredible. I was shocked myself. And, um, but, 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 but part of it is actually is, is things like fixing toilets. You guys break toilets. I know who you are. 
I know who you are. And some of these things, just carry on. We want to keep the lights on. So, so I'm not telling you, this, that, that costs us 18% of our spending in here, is accounting fees, is, is communication costs, printing material, monthly plans, materials for Alpha, all this sort of stuff. It's, it's bank charges. And it's books, man. It's electricity and gas. It's motor vehicles. Somebody's got to go pick up the stuff so that there is toilet paper and polystyrene cups. I'm just telling you. And um, we love doing that. But can I say this as we go to the, the, the next slide, please? Is that part of keeping the lights on is we work incredibly hard in a rising cost economy to keep the cost down. With, I, I, I was part of a corporate environment. I'm fortunate that I've had some of the training. We work unbelievably hard to make sure that we keep these costs as low as possible while keeping faith in the story. Can we go to the next one, please? The next one is called Beyond Our Walls, and it's that gray one on the right, and it's 11% for the last 18 months. And Beyond Our Walls is where we are giving into stories way beyond ourselves. They're not benefiting us. It's not about us. The one area that part of the Beyond Our Walls, there is a portion in here that is giving to the poor within this community. It's part of it. But it's giving to other church stories and, and sowing to other church stories. And it's part of the cost. When we sow Wally and Shaw's and travel and cost to, to help in other church stories, this is what we are sowing beyond our walls. We are not benefiting. It's not going into our story. It's going to other stories. We want to invest in church plants in Nepal. Maybe you'll never go to Nepal, but I'm telling you, the gospel, when it burns, you pray for Nepal. And he's calling us to put our faith into action and to make sure that investing. Friends of ours, friends of this church, guys who flew down from Joburg when we launched Milnerton just so they can celebrate with us and got a plane and went back on. God has called them to Japan. A young couple. God's called them. He's burning on them. He says, will you go to a nation where 1% of the people believe? I want to be part of that. And I can pray. I can also give. Maybe it's 10 rand, but I can give. Maybe it's a lot more. Beyond our walls, it's gifts to other churches, it's, it's, it's giving to the poor, it's, and it's some, some investment in social justice. But let me be brutally honest, I think we're way undershooting. And God's calling us to have an influence in the area of social justice. I think God's calling every church to have an influence, and we need to be investing in this area. Next slide, please. Just to show you that, that, that unfortunate for that, this again is year to date, so that will rise, but has been pretty consistent over the years. Consistently giving. Can we have the next slide, please? We go back to the big one. The, 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 before I speak on, the, on the, the big one, it's the last one I want to mention. It's called the heart for the house. And that is the top left. It's 7% for the last 18 months. And, um, you know, this, the, the fact that that is only 7% is largely and mainly due to the fact that 70 people paid this building off. They paid it off. We, we don't owe on this building. So you know that. We aren't paying a bond. So grateful to God for that. But the reality is, as we carry on and as we keep moving, invest, we want to be the best city for, best church for the city, not best church in the city. We want to be the best. And people walk in, they are hosted well, they are loved well, that they are, that they are made to feel welcome, that we can host them. I, I don't know if you've seen, but part of, is it, even silly little things like, if you're a visitor today and you get a free coffee, you'll get a yellow sleeve on your coffee. Why is that? Because we want to be hospitable. The Bible says you want to change the world. Hospitality, welcoming the stranger, is important. We're just trying to put our faith in action in that story. 
And so part of what we've done is we've, we spend on furniture and equipment. We've, this is repairs and maintenance. We have a building that is 10 years old. It ages. And what you will find out is that if your house is 10 years old and was built 10 years ago, there is a certain brass pipe quality that's not great and keeps getting little holes in it. I'm not a plumber, but it freaks me out. Just to know, if you didn't know that, watch out. And, um, but some of these things, like sound desk, our sound desk basically blew up a month ago. It costs money, and we've planted a church in Milneton, guys. How awesome. But they're not a cheap bunch. Let me tell you, redheads don't come cheaper. <laughs> Honestly, if you want a redhead in ministry, it's like a multiplier factor. They're just expensive little critters. And, and, um, <laughs> but we're so grateful to God for them obviously. But just part of what, what, part of what the, the spend was and part of fact in that is, is air cons um, that we put in last year. That we, why do we put in air cons? To make Christians more comfortable? Okay, a little bit. If we, if we said nothing, we're lying. But actually, we want to host our city well. And we get cold and we get hot in Cape Town. We want to host them well. Other areas, we replace carpets. Except up there. We apologize to you guys. You are sitting on very old carpets. You should sit at the bottom. They're really... It's very nice, and, um, and, and we'll get there. Um, the last one, and the biggest one, is staff costs. And it's, it's yeah, there it is, 58%. And uh, this is a, a challenge, and we ask, and, and all the, the studies and sitting with guys like Nick Hardy and Rory, I mean, who were involved in literally, uh, I think Rory, yeah, let me use a number of 80 to 90 churches. They are involved in oversight of their finances. And an average mean that is of health in a church where there's financial health, its salaries are up to 60%. Because here's the reality. We, we're people. We're releasing people. Your, this church that serves you, that makes this possible, has a staff complement of 11 people full-time and two part-time consultants. One in finances, we would count part of that, and another helps us with design. That's what it costs. That's what it is. Those are the realities. And, and we believe, and as we've looked at, in the last two years, we've been able to add an operations person and, and who has fundamentally been able to shift and take us to the next level to serve the city well. So here's the thing. I, I, I met Justin the other day. And Justin came for baby dedications the first time. Is that right? Baby dedications. Somebody phones each of those parents because at that baby dedication, if I remember correctly, there were some people from our community and our school who decided to get their baby dedicated. So they're not part of the church, but we're serving them. And Justin came to be part of that because their mate's baby was getting dedicated. But here's the thing. There were little pictures. There, there were little videos. There, there were little gifts for each of those. That takes time. Somebody's got to do that. And yes, we have volunteers who help us, and we try access volunteerism as much as we can, but there are some practical realities. And then, Justin, you came to the, the, the comedy night as well, huh? And, and so the comedy night needs to be facilitated. Someone's got to manage tickets and run with the whole finances and make them work. That stuff happens, but here's why I would do it all again, because Justin's here. And I met him the other night, and he's actually a lacquer guy. And... Um, We've also been able to add a, a full-time a, a person who works half-day on kids' administration so that these guys are being taught well, that they are being invested in, that they are receiving, and, and the serving teams that arrive to serve are, are sent stuff well, and, and their lives aren't made more difficult by serving our children, that we can serve them and the children well, just so you're aware. So some reminders. Is that all right? Is that helpful? 
I trust it's helpful. I trust, I trust it's, and if, if, if there's something that's just not, come and talk to me or chat to one of the elders. I ask, I please. You can actually chat to Malcolm or Sharon as well. But come and talk to myself. If there's something that you're really struggling with or you'd like to understand more. And, um, and a couple of the things we mentioned last week, some of the bigger issues, is this is not about what we can do. This is about the gospel. It's not about if you and you and you and you each give a thousand rand and we add that up. We could raise. I'm not going to say that to you. Because I'm not trusting you. I'm trusting Jesus. Who's called us to the mission. Whose name is powerful. And he calls us to the story. I want to tell you secondly is I will never, and this leadership will never ever manipulate you with guilt. I just won't do it. When get close, we will not take up an offering after we've spoken about finances, even if it was just raw teaching of the word. Won't take up an offering because I will never have the accusation that we were manipulated in any way. We won't do that. But I will motivate you with the gospel. And I have to. And that's my job. See, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, and I've just jumped multiple pages, so I'm going to get back to that. Just want I'm going to just read that scripture. Oh, really doing very well here. Thank you. He's salaried. (laughs) He had to say that. (laughs) It says this. It says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. What Jesus did, he said, I'm rich, I'm going to become poor. The Apostle Paul says, I'll do all things that some might get saved. So I'll be the rich, yet to the rich I become rich, to the poor I become poor. Part of our self-sacrificing, part of our sacrificing, is the gospel call of the big story of the gospel to a big story called the gospel. The, second, the third thing is healthy kingdom habits of giving. Part of my role as a teacher I struggled as a young man preaching the gospel sometimes because I'm going, God, how can I teach these people who have gone so far before? But my job is just to go to the Word, to teach what the Word says and calls us to, that He brings healthy kingdom habits. And I'm telling you, a kingdom habit that is healthy is giving. Time, energy, love, just a hello, just a I remembered your name and finances as God called us because we sing those songs. I surrender all. Uh, oh, is that what he meant? We all need those moments, trust me. I need them all the time. And the last one is I honestly believe every partner has a part to play. This is not the domain. Mark's doing this so that the wealthy get activated because those guys have got bucks. Mm, good Mark. Get those guys giving. This is about every partner. Partner playing their part. And getting involved in the greatest story that, that I, I know of called the gospel. But I want to speak, and because God called us to be a pining person, reason, people, and this was the scripture that gripped me. This was the scripture that gave me courage. Psalm 78 verse 6. That the generation to come might know God's praiseworthy acts. That the children still to be born might arise and recount them to their children. That the children still to be born See, 10 years ago, and I'm going to keep telling this story, 70 people paid a price because they were looking ahead and they said, we're going to pay the price now. And I want to read from 2 Corinthians 9, 
where the Apostle Paul is speaking to this Corinthian church and, and they, they, he's encouraging them in the area of generosity. He says, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. We already see a teaching from the Apostle. He says, Actually, you want, to, you want to know how a gift should be given? Well, not grudgingly. Well, here we go. Yeah, well, take it. Take it, Lord. Take it. No, it says actually not grudgingly given. And then he says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Whoa, stop the bus. Mark, you're getting into trouble here. Getting into that summer prosperity stuff. No, it's in the Bible, guys. How we handle it is the important thing. The motivation of the heart is the important thing. But the truth is, the Bible and the gospel and Jesus ongoingly tells us, actually, there's this principle. I'm Jesus. I gave my life. What did he reap? The nations. And he got called the glory of the nations. And, um, and here's the truth about that line. And I hope you can read it. can't be abused. And I'll be the first to say, I think it has been abused. But our endeavor to make sure we don't abuse, but we also don't abuse it by not teaching it. We also don't abuse it by not calling people to the gospel. We also don't abuse it by not calling it to my heart. It carries on. It says, each of you should give whatever you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's a personal decision. It's a heart decision. If it just stays a head decision, practically what can I pull off? It'll never land in your heart, and then it will definitely never get to your feet. So you go on the mission. It's got to go from here to here to here. It's taught to be my Mr. Wally Gersma. It's like the guy who gets given the gift of singing. I'm going I'm to sing to you, Lord, but, but take it. I'm tired and going to sing. Probably not going to go well, eh? What do you guys think? Not so well. And verse 8, and God is able, just put your trust in that line there. God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So he gives us this principle and it's not the only place we're given this principle of seed for sowing and bread for eating. Craig told us the story, Craig Clark, of saying it's corn cob. One corn cob with a bit of butter, a bit of salt, maybe a bit of spice. Very nice. Very nice. One corn cob with those kernels taken off, replanted, you get 70 plants that flourish and 700 cobs. The challenge, I think, I don't think God undersupplied the world. The fact that we have hunger in our world and in our nation, I don't think God undersupplied the world. I think we've forgotten that he gave us both seed and food, and we are eating the food, and we're devouring the seed. And I think we can do it in our lives and not see it. And I think moments like this call us back to just stepping back and saying, what's food here? 
And what seed? And how, if I took one cob and planted it, could I see something that is supernatural? That actually the Bible just says it's normal. I was reading, I was sitting at a coffee shop just studying, and I read a document, and it was this life insurance and provident fund salesman, and he writes this argument, don't eat the seed corn. And so I think it's an amazing thing. My belief is that God calls us, and we cannot spend our lives eating the seed. So challenge of sowing in summer is probably not how much will you give, it's how much will you sow, and, and where is the seed? In our story, my wife and I have had to sit down, we pray hard and say, God, what can we give? That's the number we can give, but we can also actually make lifestyle changes because in some of that is seed. And I can't live a story of faith when, when one day when I left the corporate world, one day when I was involved in a building project, one day when I gave to the poor, one day when. The gospel's not a one day when gospel. The gospel's are every day I'm becoming like Jesus' gospel. And every day he is faithful. You guys got 10 more minutes in you. It's a big moment. This is a family moment. And I realize if you're a visitor, this is maybe awkward for you and you like my brother-in-law at our family feud. It's okay. We'll give you a free coffee after this with a yellow sleeve that cost us. No, relax. Relax. Everyone stay calm. Um, you know, this whole book and this whole chapter is a response. But I want to take us now to our series of No Matter What in Philippians 4. And I'm going to read a few verses, make a few points. Is that cool? No Matter What. Verse 10, chapter 4, and he's thanking the people for their gifts because this church, there was new believers, there was under pressure, this church decided to invest in a gospel story. And he said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. See, we, we love that scripture. That goes on the fridge. I can do all this. We just don't like the in plenty or in want. It's like, you know, in, just stop. Say, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. See, partnership. When, when I'm a partner, when Quinton's my partner in the gospel, he's my partner in friendship, when he's good in the world, we're best mates. But in the world, when he's not good, we, I, 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 I change my number. I delete him from Facebook. Leave WhatsApp entirely. In the gospel, we are partners for troubles. I know what it is to be need, blah, blah, blah. It gives me strength. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Don't know if they had FNB and in those days. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glorious Christ. You see, we like that one too. That goes on the fridge. A couple of encouragements from the Apostle Paul in the theme of partnership and the theme that God is calling. He's using a radically ambitious man. Let me tell you about Paul. 
He says, I'm content. But you won't find a more ambitious man. Ambitious for the gospel. Ambitious for the glory of God. Ambitious that people far from God can come to know him. Prepared to pay a price. Let me make a public confession. I'm ambitious. For 27, 28 years of my life, I was ambitious to be a very successful businessman. Because in me, there was a brokenness. Because my father lost it all, I was never going to. And God had to crush something of that to allow life to come to a healthy, healthy ambition. An ambition for his glory. An ambition for his story. An ambition that I would keep seeing Justin's walk into more of God. Is that all right? And it says, yet it was good of to you to share in my troubles. Again, we share. Link course, it's about partnering. Carries on. And just a few encouragements. Verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance in the gospel, he says, actually, in the early days of your walking with Jesus, part of sowing and part of being a blessing to the nations, not for the mature believers who have saved for 30 years. He says, actually, you new believers, you new believers caught the gospel. It was so burning in your heart, you gave. Don't discount yourself from playing a role in a kingdom story, ever. Verse 17, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Gabe told me a story of his pastor once in Zimbabwe. He's in the church, and he says, you can't have Mercedes-Benz living with go-kart given. That freaks me out. But the truth is, the apostle is saying, I'm calling you to give. And on the other side of this giving is a credit to you in the eyes of Jesus. And that's a blessing to you. And I told you last week, it took me a while to get to this point. But I honestly believe the blessing will be order and life in homes and marriages and finances and blessing over children and miracles, supernatural miracles. He says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory. First thing is God's not controlled by the economics of this world. He's got the riches of heaven. Recession doesn't happen in heaven. But he says he'll meet all our needs. And we believe we've got to come under the order and allow the gospel to settle on the order where our indulgences and, and sin, sometimes there's sin in the area of spending, comes under the authority of God. And we made the statement where our obedience and faith meet his faithfulness, greater things happen. I want to see the greater things. And um, the vision here, and what are we giving to, and I probably don't have time to fully package this out. Of the, if we can go back to slide number five, please, Mark. Of the pie chart, we are asking you to give specifically to, two, to three areas. The two at the top, ministries and special events we need to spend on kids and needing to invest in this house that was given to us by our previous generation so we can host the city well. And, and we need to do a phase. We need to rephase the front of the house. We're a hosting house. Whoa. Partners, buddy. Partners. <laughs> but I know you would have bought me a new... No. And, um, and, and uh, we need to host the city well. And when this place was built, it was built perfectly for the community and the mission over the last 10 years. But with the stresses on the building, we need to make one or two changes to the flow of the building. And actually, we're looking at costs, and it's not free. It's amazing. That also isn't free. 
And that's actually going to cost in the tune of a big number, like one and a half million rand over two or three phases of building. One in the front and, and some facilities for other things that God's called us to in the story. I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not putting a thermometer on the wall and every week going to take it off. I, I cannot bring myself to that. I'm just telling you. Others can do that. That's fine, but me not. Milnerton, sound desk is blown. Every week they're trying to patch the sound desk. They need a sound desk. You know what a sound desk costs? On specials and deals with discounts and friends of favors, it costs 30,000 rand. Just telling you. These are some of the things. So we want to give first to, to, to the heart for this house, that this is our house and we invest in our house. And understand this, it's not like our house at home where we can just do nothing, but it's our house and we never have anyone in. This house was designed to keep having the world in. This house was designed to keep hosting the world who were broken and bruised and on their seeking journey in South Africa, we're fortunate they still land at the church somewhere in the journey. We have to maximize that opportunity in this story which is good. The second and, and area we're going to invest in is beyond our walls. We believe that giving beyond ourselves and outside of ourselves, there's a blessing in. We want to give to church plants in Japan. A friend of ours planted a church in West, in Kloof, in Durban last week, and we've got friends planting churches in Blue Downs and some areas here locally that we have to be a part of. And part, if you want to see that, look in Corinthians. There's a great story of a church that's under trial and they gave out of their midst of trial and God's blessing comes. We also want to partner in, in, in as, we, as we continue to release Wally and Shoals, we want to keep making sure that we're investing in the nations and beyond ourselves. We also want to partner a lot more in social justice. I don't know why I'm pointing at you, but you. We also want to give to the poor a lot more. We have pressures in our community. And I believe part of the genius of giving to the church is that it's not Mark taking Mark's money and putting it in someone's hand where Mark gets all the glory. We're putting in the hands of the church, and I don't hand out every gift. A lot of other people do. But he gets the glory. Far easier. So what I am saying to you is this money that we're asking for, sowing in summer, will not go to staffing costs and will not go to keeping the lights on. This is for future sowing seed in the soil. How, when? We're, gonna make a, uh, we're not going to be preaching about this every week, so some of you can breathe. You're like, yes, we have to find another church for the next six weeks. And... Um, uh, we want to take last week's moment this, to position it. And then what we'd like, I'd like to ask one or two of the people who've been a part of the story a long time and one or two of the people who got saved here, and because they got saved here, because people sacrificed, they planted churches, I'd like them to send two or three minute encouragements. Is that okay? Just to keep positioning it for us and keep telling the story. How? Well, there's envelopes on seats to give you bank details. There's EFTs would be helpful because, again, banks charge us to deposit cash. And then one of the things my wife and I've had to do, because we don't necessarily have all the funds we want to give right now, we're making some lifestyle changes over the next six months to, to make promise pledges to ourselves. Please don't write a pledge and, and ask us to follow you up on it. Please don't even send it to us. You do it for your heart, out of your own conviction, and find your joy in it. I'm not going to phone anyone and say, remember in October, you won't get that phone call from me. And, um, but I, I want to, before I ask Wally to say a, a few things, I want to finish with the why. Love God, love people, live to change the world. Can you pop some slides up quickly? The, the next one? Here's the why. That's Maurice. He's from Nigeria. Studied political science. He got saved. He got baptized. And he serves your socks off every week. We cannot stop him serving. It's literally that bad. Can we have the next slide, please? 
That's Neron on the right. He was Jewish. That guy on the left named Ryan Sumsees has been his mate for years and has prayed for him for years and years and years. And Neron just happened to visit a Milneton church called Life Changes. And he didn't know that Ryan's church was Life Changes Tableview. And Ryan heard that Neron gave his life at Milneton. So Ryan got called because Gabe knew that Neron was Ryan's friend to come there and do his baptism. Because a church went on mission and said, if we got one person saved, we'll keep going on mission. Can I have the next slide, please? Want to know the why? That guy's name is Ben Besson in the middle. He's a young man who's grown up. He's done his life here as, I think, a physiotherapist. And God gripped him. He's been walking with the Lord for many years, but not baptized. And a community got around and said, why aren't you baptized? Let's get you baptized. Let me tell you another story. That man on the right, his name is Moses. This year, he lost a nine-day-old baby because the baby was born at 26 weeks. And a few weeks later, he baptized Ben Besson, who's from another nation, is another culture, but Moses baptized him. On the left is an Afrikaans man named Edwin who had very short shorts on that day. <laughs> From a different nation, a different culture because of the gospel. <laughs> Sorry. Can we have the next slide, please? That is a family. That man serves us on base week in and week out. And Mel, his wife on the left, they decided to baptize their boy who'd made a decision to follow Jesus. Why will I keep calling you to a big story called the gospel? Because these photos are deep inside my heart. And I want to see a lot more. I want a future where that young man has a future and is proud to say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'll run with the family and we're on a mission. Can we have the next slide, please? And there's a few more. That is Fiona Phillips' mother. She was the first baptism at the Milton Church plant where her daughter and son-in-law planted a church. When Fiona gave her life years ago, about seven, eight years ago, that mother hardly spoke to her daughter for six months because her daughter had made a decision for Jesus. Then a daughter on the right was able to baptize her mother because a people planted a church and said, we believe in the gospel. Can I tell you the why? That's it. Can I have the next photo? And there's two or three more. That's Kat. And there's another photo, the next one. That's Mike, her husband, on the next photo. They moved down from Pretoria. They found a family. And they'd walked with the Lord, but they'd never been baptized and made that decision. Because a community was here and hosted them and loved them. They said, actually, before they got baptized, we're going to serve. We, we want to be a part of serving. Before they were baptized, before they'd done link, they were serving. So their families, in a world where families are falling apart, make decisions to follow Jesus together. That's why we'll keep sowing. Next photo, please. That young man, outside of the church, outside of the love of Johnny on his right, the young man's name is, Ed, is Robin. Robin got saved at Easter this year. Two weeks later, he was on a camp with our youth paid for by someone in the church. He's been discipled and loved by the man on the right named Johnny, who's not let him get away with nonsense. If you know Johnny, that's what happens. And yet that young guy has a future. His business, a businessman in the church said, actually, right now you're not in school. Come and work with me. I'm going to teach you something. And I'm not just going to teach you how to do a job. I'm going to father you because that young man doesn't have a father. Can I have the next slide, please? That's Fritz. And we had about 10, 12 baptisms in the evening. And Fritz was sitting over there. And he'd been coming for a while, just sitting, looking one of those. And we said, is there anyone else here who wants to get baptized? And this man shot his hand up and said, me. 
And he started a flood of another five or six people who got baptized that night because of his faith because God added him to a family. I think that's it. Is there any more? Another one? And Jeff, that's in Milnerton. And I put that photo there because he's a special man. He's got connected. You know, some of you have only ever ministered. If you've only ever come to table, if you've never gone to me, you never would have met Jeff. Jeff's part of our family. And the guy on the right, Grant, was an intern here. He served this community. Now he's in America doing urban missions. The why. There's no more beautiful name than the name of Jesus. Please feel no obligation. Please feel no...